the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Monday, July the 4th, 2022, in the year of our Lord. Today is Independence Day. We're going to be talking about independence. We're live this morning. I'm glad you're live as well. And with us today, it's an honor to be talking to you always. On July 4th, 1776, the Declaration of Independence was adopted by delegates to the Second Continental Congress of Philadelphia. Today is the result of that meeting. That's why every day when I begin this program, I give the date, as in today, Monday, July 4th, 2022, in the year of our Lord, because God changed everything and the calendar became subject to God. So each year is in the year of our Lord, Jesus Christ. That's why we do this, and our founders recognize the importance of being in the year or in the moment of the Lord. I want to talk to you a little bit about that today. But a couple of things that happened, also happened in history today, In 1802, the United States Military Academy officially opened at West Point in New York. 1826, today, 50 years to the day after the Declaration of Independence was adopted, former Presidents John Adams and Thomas Jefferson both died same day on the 4th of July. Today, in 1831, the fifth President of the United States, James Monroe, he died in New York City. He was 73 years old. Today, in 1912, the 48-star American flag recognizing New Mexico statehood, it was adopted. 48 stars. And then came Alaska and Hawaii. Today, in 1939, for you baseball fans, I'll just mention this in passing, Lou Gehrig of the New York Yankees delivered his famous farewell speech. He had a degenerative disease that became known as Lou Gehrig's disease, But he spoke to the New York Yankees fans and to the world, really. Baseball was a big deal then, as it is now, but even perhaps a bigger deal then. Lou Gehrig was loved. He gave this farewell speech in which he called himself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. Ten years ago today, scientists at European Center for Nuclear Research in Geneva That's where the world's largest atom smasher is located. They cheered and celebrated the apparent end of a decades-long quest for a new subatomic particle. Scientifically, they called it Higgs bosom. But the scientists, many of them, most of them in fact, called it the God particle. They had discovered what really created The universe, it was a particle that energized everything and it came into being just as we know it today. So they called it the God particle. I would imagine, I don't know this, but I would imagine that 10 years ago today, God 
smiled at those scientists in Geneva and elsewhere. And he said, good work. You're discovering my truth, my science. And if you keep looking, you will get past the God particle and see that I myself, the great I am, (laughs) spoke into existence all that exists. I am the energy that created the heavens and the earth. And hopefully, I would suppose he would might say to them, as he smiled, My only begotten Son came not just to show you how that things came into being, but to show you the path to eternal life. That's just my idea of what God might have said to those scientists, but they celebrated. They found the God particle that they said energized the whole being of creation as we know it. Psalm chapter 33, I want to read verses 12 through 18, Psalm 33. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, and the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. The Lord looketh from heaven, he beholdeth all the sons of men. From the place of his habitation he looketh upon all the inhabitants of the earth. He fashioneth their hearts alike, he considereth all their works. There is no king save by the multitude of a host. A mighty man is not delivered by much strength. A horse is a vain thing for safety, neither shall he deliver any by his great strength. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy. Let thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us, according as we hope in thee. That's kind of the story of America, really. Our founding fathers recognized that a nation whose God is the Lord would be blessed. And they hoped, according to his mercy and his grace and his word. For over 246 years, America has been blessed as the longest ongoing constitutional republic in the history of the world. These blessings are not accidental. They're blessings from God. Many today ignore that or even resist it. But millions of people accept that. They believe that. I certainly do. Preserving American liberty depends first upon our own understanding of the foundations on which this great country was built. And then it depends on preserving the principles on which it was founded. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. That's the foundation of America. On July 2nd, 1776, Congress voted to approve a complete separation from England. They were very direct. Have you ever read the Declaration of Independence? If not, or if you haven't read it for a long time, maybe today would be a great day to just take a moment and just read it. It's, I mean, it takes a few minutes, but it's not long. It's not like a book or a long essay. They're, they really get to the point there. I mean... <laughs> They tell the king why they have found a spiritual cause for separation. It's a very good document. If we had, if we were on an hour or something this morning, I would read it. But take a moment and read the Declaration of Independence. 
So on July 2nd, 1776, they came together. They approved a complete separation from England. And two days later, on the 4th, they, the early draft of the Declaration of Independence was signed. Four days after that, members of Congress took the document and they read it out loud from the steps of Independence Hall in Philadelphia. They proclaimed to the city of Philadelphia. And afterwards, they rang the Liberty Bell. The Liberty Bell itself, as you know, I'm sure, the inscription on the top of the bell is Leviticus 25.10, which reads, Proclaim liberty throughout the land and to all the inhabitants thereof. They were obsessed with, really, with sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thomas Jefferson has often been labeled as the, one of the least religious people in, among our founding fathers. It's probably true. But he was one of the strongest advocates often for biblical Christianity being promoted, yes, even by the government. The first act that Congress ever did was to allocate money to print Bibles to outreach for evangelistically to the Indians, to share Jesus Christ with them. This country is steeped in our vision, our belief, that blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. John Adams said the general principles on which the fathers achieved independence were the general principles of Christianity. Well, he would know he's one of them. He was there. Probably the clearest identification of the spirit of the American Revolution was given by John in a letter to Abigail, his wife, the day after Congress approved the Declaration. He wrote her two letters that day, actually. One was short, and it was kind of a very jubilant that the Declaration had been approved the other letter was much longer, and he got into some very serious stuff there. He said, honey, you should know, kind of a letter. And um, in that, he, he kind of laid out what they had done in the signing of this Declaration of Independence. Adams could already foresee, on the one hand, that their actions would be celebrated by future generations. They realized this was a monumental shift in, in the world, as far as government is concerned, they said no longer will the king be God's spokesman, which essentially that was what kings believed in those days in Europe, particularly England. But now God himself will speak to us and will give us our liberties and our freedoms, and we will institute a government that will protect those God-given rights. That was a fundamental shift. Nobody in the world had ever created a nation on that premise with that intent. So he understood that this action that they took on this day would be celebrated by future generations. He also understood there very well could be a price paid by all of those who signed their names and their fortunes and their future to this Declaration of Independence. He also noted that, Adams, he also noted that this day will be the most memorable epic in, in the history of America. He said, I'm apt to believe that it will be celebrated by succeeding generations as a great anniversary festival. He felt the celebration would be a manner that would kind of commemorate the day as a day of deliverance. He saw it as, well, a couple of things, but he saw it as a day of solemn acts of devotion to Almighty God. 
I don't see a lot of that today, although I'm sure there are maybe people who gather and, and celebrate this as as a deliverance by solemn acts of devotion to Almighty God. Certainly yesterday, a number of pastors that I'm aware of and kind of checked in online to see what they were praise what they were preaching about and some of them I, I know uh, and a lot of them were actually pre- preaching about <clears throat> our freedoms and where they came from and what America some of the things I'm talking about right now I was blessed to hear what they were saying that was great and I don't speak for them and I don't know what everybody was saying over their pulpits but I, the ones I looked at online was great but Adam said this will be a epic day in history John Adams believed that the 4th of July should be a religious holiday. The two top holidays celebrated in this country are Christmas and the 4th of July. Statistically, money spent, people involved, this kind of thing. It's interesting. But according to John Quincy Adams, John Adams' son, who also was a president, the two dates are connected. On the 4th of July, the Founding Fathers simply took the precepts of Christ in his birth, Christmas, and incorporated these principles into civil government. John Quincy said he was a devout Christian. In fact, his father had taught him to read the Bible every day and read through it every year. That was what the Adams family did. The Declaration of Independence was kind of the birth certificate for this nation, but the men who signed it knew it could also be their death warrant. The closing paragraph of the Declaration of Independence says, And for the support of this declaration, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, our sacred honor. The 56 founding fathers, 27 of whom were trained ministers, they took the pledge very seriously. On the morning of the signing, there was silence. There wasn't celebration in the room. By all accounts, it was a little bit of gloom. Not that they had second thoughts, buyer's remorse. No, not at all. But they realized the, the weight of what they were doing. They realized the commitment they were making. They were committing their families. Some of them had a lot of money. They were com- committing their fortunes. And they were committing their lives, literally their lives, to this new enterprise called the United States of America. There was silence. There was gloom. Each man walked up to the table of the president of the Congress to sign the document, knowing that it could mean their death by hanging. They had been told that. They weren't just imagining. They were told it could result in their death by hanging. King George III ruled the largest empire on the planet at that time, he was completely absorbed with himself. He, if he'd have had an iPhone, he would have been a selfie maniac. The Declaration of Independence, of course, signed today, listed 27 reasons why Americans declared their independence from the 38-year-old king, who was a narcissist, to say the least. But they went through these. They were very clear. The 27 reasons, I won't go through all of them, but they read, he has made judges dependent upon his will alone. He didn't want any kind of freedom or liberty. 
He has erected a multitude of new offices and sent hither swarms of officers to harass our people and eat out their substance. He has kept among us in times of peace standing armies to subject us to jurisdiction foreign to our constitution, for quartering large bodies of armed troops among us, for imposing taxes on us without consent, for depriving us in many cases of the benefit of trial by jury, for establishing an arbitrary government, for altering fundamentally the forms of our government. He has plundered our seas, ravaged our coasts, burnt our towns, and destroyed the lives of our people. He is at this time transporting large armies of foreign mercenaries to complete the works of death, desolation, and tyranny. He has excited domestic insurrection among us. He has endeavored to bring on the inhabitants of our frontiers the merciless Indian savages whose known rule of warfare is undistinguishable destruction of all ages, sexes, and conditions. Interestingly enough, the 33-year-old Thomas Jefferson's original rough draft of the Declaration, it contained a line condemning slavery as the King of England was part owner of the Royal African company, which was traded in slaves, of course. The line said this, he has waged cruel war against human nature itself and the persons of a distant people who never offended him, captivating and carrying them into slavery in another hemisphere or to incur miserable death in their transportation thither. And it continues, suppressing every legislative attempt to prohibit or to restrain this commerce determining determining to keep open a market where men should be bought where men should be bought and sold they were taking opposition to that but because the british were beginning to attack at that time new york there was a rush to get this thing approved it had to be unanimous they took that line out because a couple of southerners who would become democrats later the equivalent they objected. So that line of Jefferson's original draft condemning slavery was tragically set aside for the moment. John Hancock was 39 years old, president of the Continental Congress. He sat at the desk where they came up to sign. He signed the declaration first. You've heard of signing your John Hancock. That's kind of where that came from. He said, as he signed it, He said, the price on my head has just doubled. He also supposedly said, some people say he didn't say this, but others say he did. I'd like to think he did because I've read a lot about his personality. He was fairly direct and to the point and quite flamboyant in his life, but deeply committed to America and the founding of America. But it is said that he said as he signed his name, he said, I'm going to sign it big, great big so the king can be sure to see that I have signed this. And he did. If you look at the original signatures on the Declaration of Independence, the John Hancock is pretty big. He made a point. He didn't want the king to overlook the fact that he was one of those signers. 70-year-old Benjamin Franklin, he said, we must hang together, or most assuredly, we shall hang separately. It's interesting It's interesting that the Declaration of Independence referred to God. These men knew that blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. 
They refer to the laws of nature, of nature's God. All men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. They appeal to the supreme judge of the world for the restitute of our intentions. And for the support of this declaration with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, our sacred honor. This was revolutionary. Kings did not believe anyone or everyone was created equal. They honestly believed, or said they did, that people were created in caste systems, sort of, and that they, as king, were not like ordinary people. They believed they were created extra special. I mean, they just did. Their belief was called the divine right of kings. I mean, there was a whole uh, study, there was a whole piece of that, if you study civics and so on, in those days. Namely, they believed that the creator gives rights to the king, and the king dispenses them at his discretion to whomever he wishes. The Catholic Church adopted some of that thinking, as you can imagine. The Declaration of Independence bypassed the king, declaring that the Creator gives rights directly to each individual person, not the king. That didn't set well, of course, with a very narcissistic king, George. Many of the 56 signers sacrificed their prosperity for their posterity. They gave away what they had for the next generation. That's a value that has been somewhat lost in the course of human events in America. Of the signers, there are stories about each one of them, but all of them paid a price. But 11 of them had their homes destroyed. Five were hunted and captured. 17 served in the military. Nine died during the war. Families were disrupted. They paid a price. There's no question about it. But what about this 4th of July, 2022? Today we celebrate another Independence Day with the usual fanfare, the family barbecues, the town parades. John Adams said it, he said it, today should be solemnized. He wanted it to be a religious holiday, but he also wanted us to have fun. He said it, it ought to be solemnized with pomp and parade with shows, games, sports, gu- oops, guns, oh no, can't do that, bells, bonfire. can't do bonfires because of climate change, illuminations, nope, firecrackers, we might hurt ourselves, from the end of the continent, to the, no, those, those are his words, I'm adding in a little commentary, but he said, no, we should have pomp and parade, not pride, but pomp and parade with shows and games and sports and guns and bells and bonfire and illuminations from one end of the continent to the other, from this time forward, forevermore. He was really up for this whole American experiment. It's interesting. This Independence Day, the 246th anniversary of the Declaration of Independence, should be especially significant to those of us who still believe in the Declaration of Independence and its intent and the ideals that it espouses, the ideals that it held in high regard. What makes this particular Independence Day so special? It happens to coincide with kind of a renaissance, really, recently. And I've talked about it on this program a great deal. And I, you know that, and I won't 
rehearse all of it, but in recent days, we've seen some of the results of that horrible, horrible President Trump, whom they are going on and on and on, demeaning and demonizing in the so-called January 6th. In fact, Liz Cheney, I, I didn't plan to mention this today, but I saw Liz Cheney made a comment either last night or this morning uh, on the 4th. Um, but she said, I promise you, I, I didn't read the whole story. I just glanced at the headline. But she said, I promise you, I will see to it. Or she said, no, I promise you, I can see to it that Donald Trump will never come near the Oval Office again. My instinct tells me that that will end up in a political ad somewhere if he runs for president or even if he doesn't. But interestingly enough, the choices that he made on the on the Supreme Court, if you just isolate that, we are now beginning to see the result of that. We're beginning to see how that the Supreme Court is ruling not conservatively in the sense of political and not certainly in favor of what they think Trump wanted them to do, but they are beginning to rule on these issues according to the Constitution of the United States, which is obviously linked to the Declaration of Independence. Declaration of Independence says, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's what it's about in God. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. We're beginning to see these kinds of things happen with Coach Kennedy in Bremerton. We see the over the overturning of Roe v. Wade. There was a place in, uh, there was a, a ruling that had to do with West Virginia and the coal industry. The EPA, was, they ruled the Supreme Court just the other day that the EPA had way overreached and cost people their jobs and cost them the opportunity to pursue happiness by being employed in the coal industry. So we're beginning to see a turning tide here. And I believe I believe that God may be giving us a reprieve for our sinful ways. And yes, there is a time now to stand against those forces, those destructive forces that are in power, that work against what the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution was created for. French writer Alexis de Tocqueville, I've talked about him a lot on this program. After visiting America in 1831, he said, I sought for the greatness of the United States in her commodious harbors, her amble rivers, her fertile fields, and boundless forests. It was not there. I sought for it in her rich mines, her vast world commerce, her public school system, in her institutions of higher learning. It was not there. I looked for it in her democratic Congress and her matchless constitution. It was not there. Not until I went into the churches of America and heard her pulpits aflame with righteousness did I understand the secret of her genius and power. America is great because America is good. And if America ever ceases to be good, this historian wrote, America will cease to be great. I would say to this historian, he's right, Absolutely right. But he's right because blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people whom he hath chosen for his inheritance. We hope in God's mercy 
And as we continue to hope in God's mercy, God will bless this nation. Hey, thanks for being with me today. I'll see you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.